All right, how many is ready to dive into the Word this morning and see where God's going to take us? Wow, wow. Okay, let's go ahead and let's dig in. But before we do, let's pray. Let's pray God uses the message. Father, I want to thank you that, God, we have another opportunity to just, um, to just dive, dive into your Word. And I pray that, Father, that this truth, we'll know it, and it has set us free. And I pray that, God, the spirit of freedom is going to be in this house this morning. And I pray that, God, that people that have come here, that they will open up and just receive what you have for them. And I pray that, God, that they won't push it away, but, God, they'll say, God, I want to receive everything this morning, God. God, let us have a, a, a Paul spirit. As he said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you that, or we present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. And God, let us all have that frame of mind and let us have that desire this morning that, God, that we just come as your servants, God, as your vessels and fill us, God, with all that you want for us to have this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Wow. Wow. All right. Um, this week I was praying and um, I will probably start gearing a little bit more into the Christmas themes and stuff as we go along here. I'm not sure how we're going to unfold all of this, unpackage it. But as I'm going throughout my week, God just lays things on my heart that he wants the body of Christ to hear. He wants you or myself to hear and, and take us on a journey. Um, and, and periodically, I like to talk about the mind. Because if the enemy's going to ever attack you, he's going to do it in our minds. That's where he's going to do it. Because you see, our mind is the gateway to our heart. If it gets in here, it's going to get in our heart. And we have to protect this thing with everything that we have. And um, with Thanksgiving and Christmas, I hear a lot of people, you know, they, it's, it, it could be the most blessed time. It could be the most joyful time for many people. But also there are people that it's the saddest time of the year for them. They've lost a loved one or, or, or something's happened or they may have lost a job or, or they're feeling inadequate. They're feeling like failures and, and they just feel like that they don't want to move on anymore. And if that's where you're at this morning, I'm going to talk to you about that and some things that we can do. But bottom line is this, is that we're in a spiritual battle. And this message, by the way, I, 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 I'm going to get this out of the message that I shared about two years ago on, in spiritual warfare. One of the messages in that entire series was on the mind. And so some of this information, you're probably going to hear it a second time. But it was during the COVID season where there wasn't a lot of people here at that time. And so God said, I want us to revisit this, okay? But the bottom line is this, is, is when we understand what's really going on in the spiritual world, then you'll be able to know how to fix your mind and your heart. And the many people don't realize that what we're up against is spiritual. As a matter of fact, in Ephesians, it tells us this. It says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Folks, I'm here to tell you that the enemy is going to come at us with everything that he has. And if we don't show up to the party ready to fight the battle, we're going to lose the battle. And by the way, the battle's not going to stop. And what I'm learning about the enemy, he never takes a day off. You would think, well, it's Thanksgiving. Surely he's going to take a day off on Thanksgiving. He's not going to bother me on Thanksgiving. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That's the biggest day of the year he's going to mess with you. On Christmas, I, he definitely is not going to do that. That's Jesus' birth. Are you kidding me? He's going to try to attack us bigger and more on that day than any other day. Just trust me, your kids are going to act like all kinds of stuff. They're like, this is Jesus' birthday. Settle down, you know? And it's like they open up something. I, don't, I didn't want that. And I'm like, are you? Right? If he's going to rear his ugly head, it's going to be during that time. And so he's going to remind us of, of our faults and our failures. And, and so, so if we're going to prepare for the battle, we need to understand what's going on here in the mind. And so I'm going to help you prepare for this battle because we can prepare for the battle because the battle's not going to end and we got to show up to the battle because if we don't, we're going to lose the fight. And so the title of the message, I'm going to talk about freedom begins in the mind. 
it's going to start here. If you really want to be set free, it's going to start here because this is where the battleground's going to happen with the, you and the enemy. And you got to win the battle of this mind. If we could win this battle, then we could be, we could be able to be set free in many areas of our life. And by the way, just, just so you remember, how many of you know that when Satan was cast out of heaven, what went with him? A third of the angels, okay? And we call them demons, demonic spirits. And there are little demons and demonic spirits running around, putting thoughts in your brain and telling you that you're a failure, telling you that you're not a good parent, telling you that you're maybe not a good husband or, or you're not a good wife or you're a failure at your job and you're just a nobody. And he will put that at you and just keep pounding you and, and hounding you and hounding you with that. But I got some good news. And this is what I want you to get in your spirit this morning. Every bit of it, all of those thoughts are lies. I'm going to say it again. If you're thinking that you're a failure this morning, that is a lie. That did not come from our Father, which is in heaven. It came from the, the, the enemy of darkness, from the pits of hell. They are lies. As a matter of fact, I'm going to take you to a story that I found this week. It's really powerful where Jesus was confronting the Pharisees, and they were believing lies and actually worshiping Satan rather than Jesus. And this is what our world is getting caught up in as well. And, and I want you to see if you can kind of see the world in this as I read it. Now, let's go here. And it's found here in John chapter 8, verses 44. This is Jesus, I mean, laying it out to the Pharisees. And I think sometimes this is what we need to do. In John 8, verse 44, he tells them, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. Now watch what he is. Now if, you're, if you feel like a failure, if you feel like that you're not good enough, or if you're constantly struggling with something, this is who you're listening to. Watch. He wants uh, want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. Please get that. None. When he lies, and by the way, that's all he can do, because it says here he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Everything that comes out of his mouth, every thought that he will try to drive in your brain is a lie. But the enemy doesn't want you to believe it's a lie. This is what got the Philistines into trouble, or, or I'm sorry, the Pharisees into trouble. Is because they believe this lie, and now, now, now he's got them sucked into this. But I want you to hear this truth as well. Jesus didn't come just to give us eternal life. That is the most important thing. But Jesus came to give us a victorious life too. Remember John 10, verses 10, it says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. That's what the liars come to do. But Jesus says, I've come to give you life. That's eternal life. But not just life, but abundant life. I want to give you an abundant life. I want to give you joy. I want to give you peace. I want to give you happiness. I want to bring confidence into you. But many people aren't living into that because they're believing the lie. But Jesus came to give us these things. In John 8 verses 36, it puts it this way. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. And, and by the way, you're only as free as your mind is. You're only as free as your mind is going to let you be. So in other words, if your mind is struggling with fear, you're going to be wrapped up and constantly think about fear. If you're constantly, and, and you're dealing with this depression, you're going to, your whole life's going to be wrapped up in depression. It, it, so it's whatever your mind, if your mind is in bondage, your entire life is going to be in bondage to that thing that you're thinking about. And by the way, those are thoughts that the enemy puts in your brain. And we got, and I'm going to show you how that you can take control of this and how that you can bring them into captivity. But I want you to listen to how this liar lies at the very beginning of creation, right in the Garden of Eden. You know, you can go back in the Garden of Eden and find everything you need to find right there that relates to us today. Everything. Everything is right there. So God created them and gave them a plan. Okay, the plan was already established. He gave them a place to live, a beautiful place. 
They were sinless. They didn't sin. They were perfect in every way. They were created in his image. And he said, you can have eternal life. It all belongs to you. And as a matter of fact, that was a great representation of our salvation today. They had a relationship with their God. They, they, they was able to walk with him. They was able to talk with him. He talked with them. And they, they were in communion together. But one day, but God told me, he said, look, you can have it all. It all belongs to you except for that one tree right there. And with God, he always has to have his. And he said, that belongs to me, that tree of knowledge of good and evil. That belongs to me. Don't touch it. That's mine. See, that's the tithe right there. He said, don't touch that. That is mine. Because if you eat from that, you'll surely die. Okay? He tells them the truth. This is God speaking. But what does the devil do? Now listen to this liar come on the scene. And he does the same way. In Genesis 3, verses 1. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said that? Did God really say that? Does God really say that you can really be healed? Don, I like what you said this morning. Uh, Ed's going to go in for his surgery this Thursday on his knee. I like what you said. I- I'm just believing God healed him before he gets there. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. Does God really, can God really do that, Donna? Yeah. That's what the enemy's telling me here. Did God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Yeah, that's exactly what he said. But you seeing him trying to manipulate him? You're seeing what he's trying to do, and this is what he does all the time. You see, God had a plan for all of us from the very beginning of time. But the enemy's going to come and say, no, that's not who you are. This is who you really are. You're not good enough to do that. You're not smart enough to do that. You're not talented enough to do those things. And, and, And one thing that I'm learning about the enemy here is before the enemy can ever defeat you, he's going to have to disarm us. He's going to have to disarm you. And you know what he does it with? He does it in your thoughts. Because if he can get you to believe these lies, then he's going to disarm you, and you're not going to be effective in the kingdom of God. You see, this is what happened to me in my life, and I'm going to share my testimony with you here in just a moment. But he gave them a promise that they could live forever. But the enemy defeated them in their mind. But the beautiful thing about this story, and, and, and the moment he defeated them, guess what? They lost it all, everything. They lost their fellowship with God. They lost their communion with God. They lost the beautiful Garden of Eden. Now they're out in the world. Now they are completely, totally separated from God. Now mankind lost their relationship for 4,000 years from that day till the day Jesus came. They had no communion, no relationship, no Holy Spirit, no conviction, That's why they married 900 wives. That's why that they had slaves. That's why you read all this junk in the Old Testament. Well, why would God ever let them do that? Well, he never did. They did it on their own. They had no conviction. It's a history. It's telling history what they did. But they think, oh my gosh, that's what he had. God doesn't love people. Yes, he does. That wasn't his plan. They were separated from God. Man was doing that on their own. For 4,000 years, man was completely, totally separated from God. But praise be to God, we're getting ready to celebrate one of the exciting times of the season where our Jesus is coming and his birth, amen, and we're going to celebrate it, amen, why? But that Savior came, and you know why he came? So he can live to die. So he died on that cross, and the Bible says that he went as far as death hell and the grave for you and I. And you know why he went down there? He went down there to get the keys back that the enemy took from Adam and Eve in the garden. He took them away from Satan and said, these don't belong to you, son. These belong to my children. He comes out of that grave and he comes and walks and says, hey, now they belong to you. So now whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loosed on earth will be loosed in heaven. You have the keys to unlock all the garbage that the enemy sends at you today. All the thoughts, all those negative things that you have, you have access to go straight to the throne of God now. We're no longer separated. That's why we celebrate Jesus. So I'm telling you, you can have a victorious life here on earth. Don't settle for less. 
You can have the joy. You can have this peace. Let me read you this scripture here in John 8 and 32. Read similar to what I just read a while ago. But, and you shall know the truth. The truth, not the lie. And the truth, which is the word of God, shall make you free. I'm telling you, God wants to set you free in your mind. Okay. Wow. Now, how can we do this? So I want to show you some things that we can do if we're going to really uh, live in this freedom. And that's how that freedom really begins in the mind. We're going to have to understand and prepare for this battle. Okay, we've got to prepare for when he comes and when he's going to come. And trust me, he's going to come and he's not going to stop. He's not going to take a day off. And we think that he will. He's not. So we have to be prepared when he comes and so that we can constantly live in this freedom. Even though he's coming at us, we can still live in freedom. We can still live in joy. We can still live in peace. I'm going to show you some ways that you could do that this morning. So if you're taking notes, you want to write these down. Here we go. Are you ready? Number one, your mind is the battleground of good and evil. Okay? Bottom line. Okay? And it all starts with the enemy and our thoughts. Right there. Good and evil. I like what you said this morning, Denny, as we was praying in our prayer time, that every choice people make, we all have a choice. We make choices, whether or not if we're going to believe the lie or not believe the lies. But now remember, he's good. But if we're not where we need to be with God, we're going to believe these lies. But it all starts with the enemy and our thoughts. And Paul makes it very clear here in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 and 5. For though we walk in the flesh, again, this is not a fleshly battle, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. That word carnal just means fleshly of the flesh, okay? It's not a fleshly battle, but mighty, but it's a spiritual battle here, okay? But mighty in God for what? Pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Now, here's the good part that I want you to understand, that we can do today. So if you're here struggling with fear, if you're here struggling with depression, if you're here struggling with anxiety, if you're here feeling like that you're a failure, here's good news for you. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Listen, Paul said that there's a war going on, and it's a war of thoughts constantly going on in our minds. Now, let me put you this truth up here. Now, watch. Any thought that you do not take captive will take you captive. Get that in your spirit. If you don't take captive of that thought, I'm telling you, it will hold you in captivity. Trust me, I know. There's been times of thoughts that that held me in captivity for a long time. But it was my choice because I wasn't taking it into captivity. And so, again, if you're here and you're dealing with fear, okay, you, got, you could bring that into captivity. You could bring that in line. Or if you're dealing with depression or if you're dealing with anger or whatever that it may be, your bitterness, okay, those are thoughts that you can bring into captivity. We can do this. Now, because, and, and here's the problem with this, and this is my problem. You see, our problem isn't our past, Our problem is what we think about our past. The thoughts that was spoken about us or the thoughts that you're thinking about you. Did you catch what I just said? You see, when I think about this, I think about bondage. And bondage is nothing more but a box of thoughts. You know that? It's just a big old box of thoughts. And when we get discouraged and we get depressed, we'll get our our big old box of thoughts. And we'll just reach in there and we'll grab depression and pull it out and say, woe is me. Now, I understand it's a real thing. Trust me, I struggle with this. And it gives me right to speak into you. And I'm going to help you out. I'm going to show you how to walk away from it here in just a little bit. But we pull out this thought, I'm not a good husband. I'm a failure. I'm never going to amount to anything. And the enemy jumps on that and says, you're right. That's who you are. So you just might as well get used to that and hang on to that box of thoughts that's going to hold you into bondage. But I got some good news, though. God gives us the answer, and the answer is found right here in this scripture in 2 Corinthians 10.5. We just read it. Bringing every thought 
into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So any thought that's inconsistent with God's word is what's going to hold us into bondage. If it doesn't line up with God's word, it's not from God. And so you have to understand God is never going to have you think those thoughts about yourself. So the next time, I want you to identify with this right now. I want you to identify right now any thoughts that you feel that you're not qualified, you're not gifted, you're not worthy. I'm telling you, that's the enemy. That's the, that's the enemy putting that thought there. God will never do that. You've got to stop it. Bring those thoughts back into captivity. I am a child of God. I'm a servant of the most high God. He's using me as his vessel. Okay, and so I'm going to show you something here because God had a victorious plan for my life and God has a victorious plan for your life, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. But what happens is his life comes in and the enemy comes in and he tries to divert us. Now, I want to show you that I always saw myself as a person that was going to have to struggle with depression all of my life. Because that's just who I was. See, that's not who I really was. That's not who God created me to be. But you see, I begin to believe these lies. Well, you, well, well because your mom was sick, so therefore you're going to be sick. Or uh, people in your family struggle with depression, so you're going to struggle with depression. And that depression led to, led to, well, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not talented enough. Blah, blah, blah. And now here I am. My life is nothing but a bondage of a box of thoughts. Negative thoughts. Thoughts that I can't accomplish anything. Now, I was in my 20s when I was struggling with depression really, really bad. And the doctor looked at me and said, you're going to have to have antidepressants, Gary. If you, don't, if you don't get something, if you don't get this thing in line, something bad's going to happen to you. I, I got shingles. I mean, I was a mess. And so he was counseling me. And so one day, I'm not going to lie to you. Now, this is what I did. For those of you who struggle with any of this, I'm going to show you what I did. And God is going to set you free. Now, watch. I listened to a, uh, a documentary on Jim Whitaker. Jim Whitaker, for those of you who don't know him, he was the man who conquered Mount Everest so many times, climbed that mountain over and over, and he'd take trips up there, take people with him, but he would conquer it over and over and over. And, and the, the reporters asked him, they said, Jim, how is it that you were able to conquer that mountain so many times? How were you able to do that? And he looked at him and said, I can't conquer that mountain. There's not a man alive that can conquer that mountain. And they got real confused, said, what do you mean you can't conquer? You've done it over and over and over. He says, no, I can't conquer that mountain. And they said, well, why don't you explain it to us then? He said, you see, when I wake up every morning and I go to the mirror and I look at that man looking back at me in that mirror and I conquer that man, then that mountain's found its defeat. That mountain... I, I can conquer that mountain. So in other words, what he was saying was, is I've got to get my thoughts in line. My thoughts have got to believe that I can conquer that mountain. And this is the same thing that we have to do if we're going to ever overcome the thoughts that's in our brains. And so what I did, I thought, you know what? I need to develop some good habits. And I did some more studying. And I found out that it takes 40 days to develop new habits. Did you know that? So, so there's bad habits we've developed. And in order for people to develop bad habit, I'm telling you, what, just start smoking cigarettes for 40 days and you'll guarantee you get addicted to them. Those are bad habits, right? Start cussing for about 40 days. And then guess what? You'll start cussing about that time. You'll just start coming out because you'll start developing bad habits. And what I realized was there are bad habits, smoking, drinking, cussing, all that. Those are bad habits, right? Eating wrong. Those are bad habits. We need to talk about food too, folks. We, we, we pick on all the alcohol, cigarettes. No, we need to pick on sugar too. Okay, obesity. We got to deal with that. It's just as much sin. But anyway, but, but those are bad habits. And, and, and we're sitting here, and I'm talking about Adam and Kim again. You've had to develop some good habits. You, you, were developed, you had developed bad habits of eating, not the right portions or whatever. And we're going to talk about that because you're going to make me get the right, right habit going. Because I'm going to go 40 days. You got give me 40 days. So, but it takes 40 days to develop a good habit. So I thought about that. I thought, you know what? If Jim did that, I'm going to try that. And so I'm not lying. I went to that mirror, and you've heard me tell you this before. I went to the mirror, and I began to start saying this to myself. Today's a great day. This is the day that God made. I'm going to rejoice in it be glad in it. You, young man, God's created you for success and not failure. 
God's got an anointing on your life. God's going to use you. Yes, you, Gary. God's going to use you. God created you, 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 you to, to prosper, not fail, to give you hope and give you a future. Today, Gary, you're going to find other people, and you're going to pour Jesus into them. You're going to encourage them. You're going to bless them. One day, Gary, that you're going to get married, and, and when you get married, you're going to be the best Christian godly husband that you could ever be to your wife. You're going to love her. You're going to honor her, and one day, you're going to have a child, and you're going to be the best father. You're going to teach that child about about godly ways. Yes, you, Gary. That's good. And I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. No weapon formed against me is going to prosper. Amen. And greater is he that's within you, young man, than he that's within this world because you are a child of God. That's who you are. And I did that over and over and over and over. And it was about three months later, I went back to my psychologist. And I looked at him. I said, dude, I, I don't struggle with depression anymore. He said, well, what did you do? He said, Gary, that's not true. You can't be cured of depression. There's no cure for that. We don't have a cure for that. We still need to get you medication. I said, I'm telling you, I'm not depressed anymore. You can tell me what you want to tell me. You can tell me I'm ugly. You can tell me I'm stu- whatever you want. I'm, I'm okay. I, I don't care. I'm telling you, God set me free. He said, well, what did you do? I said, all I did, I, I'm telling you, I just went to the mirror and started talking to myself. Hey, listen to me. Now, don't laugh. The most important conversation you're ever going to have in a day is the conversation you have with yourself. Why? Because you're going to spend more time with you than anybody else, son. And guess what? The most important opinion you're ever going to have in a day is the opinion you have of yourself. And so, but I, I, started, I told him, I just talked to myself. He said, you've lost your love. You definitely need medication. I said, I'm telling you, doc, I, I'm, I'm curious. And I walked away. I'm telling you what, I stand here today completely, totally healed. I don't struggle with depression. God completely set me free. Okay. But here's the thing. I couldn't answer the question. I really didn't have a definite. I just thought, well, I'm just talking to myself. But, th- but, but again, remember, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. You see, it's not about me. I didn't have the power to do that. There was something spiritually happening in me that something was happening that I couldn't find. And it was about eight years later, I come across this scripture, and now here we go. Here we go. Listen closely. If I ever give you a scripture that's going to set you free, don't put it up there yet, this is going to be it. Because this, I stumbled across it one day, and I found out why God set me free from depression. Are you ready? Pay very close attention. Here we go. Joel 3, verses 10. It says, let the weak say, I'm strong. You depressed today? No. Let the depressed say, I am strong. Are you discouraged today? Let the discouraged say, I am strong. I'm not. I'm going to be encouraged today. Well, I don't feel it. I don't care. 40 days. Keep doing it over and over. What do you do? You're speaking the word. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free, make you free. This is the word of God. There's power in that word. There's authority in that word. And all I was doing was speaking that word into my life, and God completely set me free. You can call me crazy, call me nuts, but you can't call me depressed because I'm not because God set me free. Listen, I'm living the life that God has called me to be, and I'm not living the thoughts and the words that I thought I was. So today, God can set you free. See, the problem wasn't my past. The problem was what I was thinking about my past, the thoughts that I was thinking about my past. So let me go ahead and give you, and by the way, they're just thoughts, church. Stop believing them. They're just thoughts. Stop. Believing them. They were just thoughts. I'm not good enough. I'm depressed. I, I, I'm gonna, I got to the point where I didn't want to live anymore. I'm serious. I, I got suicidal thoughts at moments. I, I, I did. I thought, this is why I, I'm not want to live like this. Do you think God was putting that there? No, they're just thoughts. Stop 
believing it. Because what are they? We just said it. They're lies. They come from the father of lies. Every time he speaks, he can't even speak the truth. There's no truth in him. He, it's a lie. It is a lie. Somebody get that this morning. So I, I hung on this a little too long. So let's go on to number two. So, so number one, your mind is the battleground of good and evil. And the good thing is we can bring those thoughts into captivity by the word of God, believing that word, okay? And so now here's the second thing on how that we can... Uh, allow freedom to begin uh, to set us free, okay, in our minds. Now watch. Here's the second one. God's word is our spiritual weapon. I don't believe that you heard what I just said. This word, God's word is our weapon. When's the last time you used it? You see, I just showed you the scripture I read. That was my weapon. That weapon set me free because I spoke the right words, what he told me to speak. That was the weapon that I used in order to set my life free in that area. What is it that you need God to set you free? What area of your life are you thinking? God's word can set you free. Go for it and just start reading it over and over and over. But let me show you something here in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 and 17. Now, this I've already read it to you earlier, but we're going we're gonna to totally break it down now. In Ephesians 6, verses 10 and 17, it says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, and we're going to come back to that here in just a minute, because everybody, we talk about that, but we don't really truly know how to do that, okay? We get confused about that. We, we think it's a literal armor, okay? That's not. It's, remember, it's spiritual. I'm going to show you how we put this armor on. That you may be able to stand. We talked about that a few weeks ago. Stand. Be quiet. Listen. In the middle of the battle, middle of the storm, stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Again, it's not a physical battle, folks. But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, I love it when he says, therefore, take up, just not part, but the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Because that evil day is now, and it's going to come, and it's going to stay here. It's not going to stop. Again, if you don't show up for the battle, you're going to lose the battle. So we got to prepare for the battle. And I'm going to show you how we do that. And having done all to stand, stand there, having girded your waist with the truth. Y'all know what the truth is? The truth sets you free. Hang on to the truth. But by the way, the enemy's going to attack that truth, okay? With truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. How many of you are living in the righteousness of Christ today? Amen? Our righteousness in Christ. And having sawed your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. I thank God that I can walk in peace and confidence and, 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 and happiness and joy, but he's going to try to attack your peace. He's going to try to come at that as well. Above all, taking the shield of faith. Faith. Faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And by the way, the enemy's going to attack your faith. He's going to question your faith. Did God really say, did God really say you can't? That you won't, okay? Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench the fiery darts. When those words come, when those thoughts come, uh-uh, nope, not today. Uh-uh, nope, not today. Bing, bing, bing. They're going to be like BBs. They're not going to be, I have no power at all. You're going, is that all you got? Come on, is that all you got, Satan? You think I'm joking. When you're prepared, it, seriously, when you're prepared, don't get caught without your armor on, though. And I'll show you take it off, too. Don't do, don't, I'm not finished. i am still got some good stuff here. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> I love you, David. <laughs> I drive her nuts. There's a special place in heaven for you putting up with me, David. I'm telling you. Okay. And take, okay, wait, okay, let's go back. The fiery darts of the wicked one, Satan himself. And take the helmet of salvation. Y'all saved this morning? Amen. Anybody going to try to make you think that you're not? 
Nah, you're not saved. If you were really saved, you wouldn't be behaving like that. Well, we're all sinners. Get over it. Okay. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. <laughs> this is good. So he's telling us, be strong in the Lord, not ourselves. Be strong in him. And so and how do we do that? By putting on the armor of God. So how do we put on the armor of God? Now, Melissa knows Sarah, her little boy. When I said this about two years ago, I said, how do we put on the armor of God? He said, I don't know. <laughs> it was over in that corner. It was awesome. I loved it. But you know, that's the average person. They don't know. You want to know how to put on the armor of God? It's so simple. Most simplest thing you can do by praying and obeying the word of God. You put on the armor of God by praying and obeying the word of God. So next time somebody says, put on the armor of God, oh, pray and obey. What was I doing that day when I was going to that mirror? I was been praying and I'm obeying what that word told me to do. Okay. I was praying and obeying. Whatever, you know, I'm speaking into existence. Let the weak say I'm strong. So what am I going to do? I'm going to say I'm strong. That's what the word tells me to do. By praying and obeying. And when you do, you'll set yourself free. You'll put on the armor of God. And then those darts coming at you is going to be like little BBs. You're not going to feel them anymore. But when you're not praying and you're not obeying, those BBs are going to turn into seriously 45 magnet bullets. They're going to cut at you, rip at you. Why? Because you're not praying and you're not obeying and you're taking off parts of the armor. And how does the enemy attack you? By disarming you by thoughts that he puts in your mind. Well, maybe I'm not as good as I thought I was. Maybe I am. That, uh, on and on and on. Wow. We put on the armor by praying and obeying. And by the way, did you notice every part of the armor here is about thoughts? Every one of them. He'll attack every one of those. He'll attack your, your truth. He'll try to tell you it's a lie. It's what he did to Adam and Eve in the garden right there. He attacked the truth. God really didn't say that. And your peace. He'll, tell, he'll try to put depression on you. Now, you, 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 you really don't have peace. You, don't, you can't walk in joy. God, God won't let you walk in joy. Your salvation, you're really not saved. Your salvation, helmet salvation. Your faith, uh, you, you, you're really not going to be healed. Breastplate of righteousness. Oh. Hey, you're, you're a mess up. You're, you're not good enough to serve God. Are you getting what I'm saying? But you got to get back to praying and obeying. Just obey it. Do what God's word says, but be doers of the word, not just hearers only, deceiving yourselves, okay? But the enemy's going to try to disarm us like he did Adam and Eve in this garden. And see, here, when your thoughts are right, and I love this, and I love this, this is about me and about all of us. When your thoughts are right, you're ready to engage the devil. You're ready to walk. Okay, I, I'm ready. Come on. I, I can handle this thing. You're not going to mess with me anymore in this area of my life, Satan. You're not going to do it. And by the way, pray and obey, pray and obey, pray and obey, because if he can't get into the truth, he's going to try to get into your peace. If he can't get into your peace, he's going to try to get into your salvation. If he can't get into your salvation, he's going to try to get into through your faith. I'm telling you, and he's not going to stop. So you can't take off any of the armor. The only time that, as I showed you the vision that God gave me last week, the only time that I believe God will let us ever take off our armor is when we're in actually his presence, right there. Where he says, okay, I want you to take it off. And then, but when I went back out in the battlefield, he made me put it all back on. He told me, before you leave, I want you to put all that armor back on. And why was I able to put that armor back on in this dream? It just showed it to me. It's because I was praying and obeying what he told me to do. Had I said, no, God, I'm not going to do what you're asking me to do. He just said, don't put the armor on then. Because you're disabling yourself. Do you understand what I'm saying? Wow. Hebrews chapter four, verses 12. Let's read this. So good. For the, world, for the word of God is living and powerful. Let's use it. And sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marl, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. There's one thing I'm learning about the word of God. You know what? You don't read it. It reads you. It'll begin to expose everything that's good in you 
and it will expose everything that is bad in you. If you want to know what sin is, get close to the Word of God. Allow the Holy Spirit to come in. This is why I tell people all the time, you don't need me to tell you what's right and wrong. And when somebody asks me that, you know what that tells me? They're number one, they're not in the Word, and number two, they're not allowing the Holy Spirit to be Lord of their life. They're not submitting to the Holy Spirit. Because if they're constantly asking, is this wrong? Is this wrong? I, I, I don't know. Why don't you ask God? Read the Word. Stay in the Word. Because this Word's going to tell you, don't do that. Do this. That's a sin. That's not a sin. This is why Christians are so much in trouble. Because you know why? Because when you obey the Word of God and you're filled with the Holy Spirit, He's going to put on a new glasses. And we got them. And the world can't see it. And they think, they think we absolutely lost our love and ever love in mind. That's why the Bible says, for the preaching of the crosses and in that parish, foolishness. The world is foolishness. People that don't believe the word of God, that don't understand the power and the authority of this, they, they say it's foolish. It's crazy. But to us who are saved, it is the power of God. It's our knowledge. It's our power. I don't know about you, but that makes me excited. Wow. We just don't read it. It reads us. Let me give you the scripture here in Psalms 107, verses 20. He sent his word. Now, here's what the scripture, this is the scripture the enemy is going to use to try to attack this. No, he didn't. Did he really? I love this. He sent his word to what? To heal them. Oh, he's not going to heal you. Not... Just start praying for healing on your knee, Ed. Just walk in there and look at it. There ain't nothing wrong with your knee. What's wrong with that? Or we can do the surgery. Nothing wrong either way. But either the word is true or it's a lie. He sent his word to heal them and deliver them, this is their silly thoughts, from their destructions. We're either going to believe the word or not believe the word. So number one, your mind is a battleground of good and evil, but we can bring these thoughts into captivity, okay? Number two, God's word is a spiritual weapon, and we have to put on the armor of God. How do we do that? By praying and obeying what it says. And when we pray and obey and do what it says, we can have that right there. We can be healed, and we can be delivered right there. Amen. Amen. So here's the final one. How can we have freedom? It's going to begin in our mind. Pastor David, come on, brother. I'm ready. Number three, meditating on the word will keep your mind free. Don't stop. Don't quit. Don't give up. You keep it going. Keep reading it. You see, for 40 days, I kept speaking word. 40 days, I kept speaking it over. And guess what? I never stopped. You know, today I'm still looking at myself in the mirror. You all don't know this, but this morning I pulled my mirror down, said, you, young man, I've given you a word to speak to my people today, and I want you to speak it with authority. I want you to speak it with love. I want you to speak it with conviction because I've anointed you to preach the good news. I've called you, young man. I've selected you, and you always walk in humility. Don't you ever walk in pride, son. I can find somebody else, to, but I want you to walk in humility and love the people in Jesus' name. Be their servant. Love them like you never loved anybody before. You see, the most important conversation you're ever going to have in a day is the conversation you have with yourself in that mirror. <laughs> you call me crazy, call me what you want, but it's working for me. I figured I'm not going to stop. I can stop and go back to my old ways. I can stop and go back allowing the enemy to come in and say, no, you're really not that. Oh, there's days when I, when I will get frustrated. I'm not going to lie to you. I walked in, my wife walked in. I'm sitting there in the bathroom, my head down. It was going, th going through that ugly spell when we went through. I, I don't like to talk about the name. But anyway, when we were going through that two years ago. I'm sitting in the bathroom. Well, I'm going to tell you the truth. I, I did. Remember that? I looked up at her. I go, I'm depressed. I love my wife because she doesn't sugarcoat me. She doesn't coddle me. She just tells me the truth. She said, that's exact. She said, suck it up. You know what to do. I'm getting dressed. 
And I go, yes, ma'am. <laughs> and guess what I did? I went back to the mirror and said, suck it up, buddy. You are a man of God. No COVID's going to knock you down. I didn't call you. No weapon formed against you, man. You can do all things through me, son. I'll tell you when to quit, when it's time to quit. I'll tell you when you'd be. You're not going to be depressed because I'm going to encourage you. Amen. Amen. Meditate on the word of God. Now listen to this passage of scripture in Psalms 1 verses 1 through 3. Blessed is the man. Blessed is that man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. In other words, get away from the negative people. Get away from them, because that's where a lot of the trash is going to come. They'll get on your little bandwagon and agree, oh, yeah, you are, boy. My grandpa, he, he, he died with that same thing. Yeah. Oh, you are, buddy. Oh, you better go to the doctor and get something for that right now. Oh, it's bad. They'll go, well, am I lying? They'll just jump right on with you. They'll start agreeing with you, and you'll both be crying when the day's over with. And then they'll say, I think I got it too. <laughs> show me your friends, I'll show you future. Let's keep going. <laughs> but his delight, once you get away from all the negative people, the discouragers, get away from the discouragers of God could begin to bring new encouragers in your life. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. I'm going to keep saying it and saying it, saying he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. That's when your roots are going down deep. That's whenever you got the full armor on. That's when the enemy can't pull you up anymore. That's where you're going to be solid in the Lord. But his roots shall be planted by the rivers of water that brings forth, not only are you planted, but it's going to bring forth fruit in its season. I got set free from discouragement. I got set free, set free from, from depression. What do you need to be set free from? Because you'll experience fruit from it. Right here. That brings forth fruit, forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does is going to prosper. Just going to keep going and keep going and keep going. It's like the Energizer Bunny. Meditating on the Word of God will begin to prosper you. Keep your mind free from the dumb thoughts. They're just bad thoughts. Stop thinking those thoughts because they're lies. Lies, 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 lies. I'm depressed. That was a lie. Who said that you were depressed? I did. Well, I didn't say you were. God didn't say I was. I said it. Whose responsibility is it to speak positive words over your life? Mine. Yours. Whose responsibility is to read the Word of God? Yours. When we finally take that responsibility and pray and obey God's Word, I'm telling you, you'll be free. You'll walk in total freedom. Amen. In Jesus' name. But Pastor Gary, how do I meditate on the Word of God? Let me show you. It's simple. Meditating is reading scriptures, putting it in your heart, and bringing it back up when you need it. Reading the scriptures, put it in your heart and bring it back up when you need it. Reading the scriptures, put it in your heart and bring it back up when you need it. Let the weak say, I am strong. Let the weak say, I am strong. I'm going to say it again. Let the weak say, I am strong. Pull it back up when you need it. Are you depressed? Well, suck it up, buttercup. Go back to the scripture that God's planted in your heart. That you're going to be like that tree that's planted by the rivers of living water, man. And whatever tries to come your way, you can overcome it. I'm not going to coddle you. I'm not going to crush you. I'm like, please. No. You're my husband. You're my man of God. You're, You're the priest of this home. I need you to be strong. And there's times where she's a little more gentle than that on some things. I might... Stub my toe or something. She's like, "Hun, come over. I'll kiss that." Don't you? You get what I'm saying, though, church. And you, what I'm learning about God's word. You know what this is? It's it's like, it's like a software, like a computer. You know, we got computers. And by the way, Sherry, woman's daughter, needs to work for Apple in their testing department on testing computers, because if it can go wrong, it's going to go wrong with her. She's shaking her head. I'm telling you, dude, her, Scott and him, 
I mean, she's constantly calling. It's like it's not working. It's not working. But you know what? There's something on my computer. Now, Dave will differ me on because he's an Apple man. I'm a PC man. And he's just, he knows that Apple's better. That's what he says. I'll just let him enjoy that. But anyway, but I'm a PC guy. But here's the thing about PCs. There's sometimes my PC, it gets all out of whack. But you see, when I first got it from the original manufacturer when day one, it worked beautiful. But over the years of, of doing stuff wrong, maybe programs not loading properly, it, it began to get all fouled up. And the only way to get it back was what, what we call a system restore. Restore it all back the way it was when it was first made. And you see, this is what God does. This word of God is the original software that God put in us at the day that we were born. But what happens is that the enemy will come bringing these thoughts and it will foul us up. All we got to do is say, God, I need a system restore. I want to begin to get the software back in me because we are functioned better with this. We were created and designed to live this out, live it and breathe it, operate it. This is your software. And if you get all fouled up, system restore, system restore, system restore, and he'll put it back. Amen. I don't know who needs to hear that, but let that sink in. Listen, when you meditate on the word, you're reprogramming your body to do what it was created to do. Let me give you some more scriptures. I'm done. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. That's the program. That's what we're designed. Okay, not fear. Psalms 91 verses 1. He who dwells in a secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he's my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. Romans 8 verses 1. There is therefore now no condemnation, none of that, to those who are in Christ Jesus, right? Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. And there's hundreds of scriptures like this. It's our program. It's our software. All we have to do is get it back in us. Deuteronomy tells us that we need to, we need to uh, have four times a day that we're supposed to take those pauses. We need to take those pauses in the morning, before noon, in the afternoon, and before we go to bed. We need to stop and meditate on the Word of God is what it says. In John 7, verses 38, He that believeth on me, as the Scripture said, out of his belly shall begin to flow rivers of living water. And when that starts happening, you got the right software spiritual software reinstalled back in you. Amen. So how, how can we live a free mind? Be free in our minds. Your mind is a battleground of good and evil. We could bring those thoughts into captivity. And number two, God's word is a spiritual weapon. It's our spiritual weapon. We put on the armor of God by what? By praying and obeying the word of God. And lastly, meditate on the word of God. Meditate and keep it in your mind. Bring it back up when you meditate. It's reading the Word of God and putting it in your heart and bringing it back up when you need it. Amen. Amen. Your problem isn't your past, church. Your problem is what you think about your past and believe about your past. And it's time that you stop believing lies. And it's time you start believing the truth and let God reprogram you back with the word of God again. Amen. Father, I want to thank you for your word. I want to thank you for the power in this word. And I want to thank you for the lives that are here that you're going to change in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to